The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wester Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. And so we look at the judgment seat of Christ and we wonder, well, what exactly is that going to look like? And just let me be candid like I have through this whole series is, I can't really tell you exactly what that's going to look like. I don't know on exactly everything that we're going to be judged. I don't know, I don't know how that's going to happen. You know, I, Number 3,476, come forward. And I stand forward and he just, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, just the reality, the mystery of Christ in us. I don't even, I don't get that. The reality that God can hear us all, if we were all to pray a different prayer, all at the same time, he heard every one of them, he knows our heart in it. Whether it's true, sincere, or not. I don't get that. So there's no way I'm going to get this, but the scriptures are pretty implicit to say that there is something that is going to take place where we're going to be, have rewards. There's going to be rewards, and you think, man, how much better can it get but glory? So Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Now, you need to understand that in the context of the verses, he is speaking specifically to believers. And he says this, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us, so this isn't one big you know, great big wave, and he waves his hand and says, God bless you, be warmed and filled. It's each of us. So each of us, that we may receive what is due. And a lot of people say, well, that's just salvation. Well, that's, that's kind of crazy to think that because we're already, we're already in glory at that point. We've already received that. So this has got to be something a little bit different. And it says, for what is due us, for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So again, the judgment seat is about believers, about giving an accounting of our life. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, Paul alludes to this a little bit, where he says, starting in verse 10, it says, By the grace of God that has given me, I've laid a foundation of a wise master builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anybody builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or stubble, their work shall be shown for what it is, because that day will bring it to light. It will be revealed by fire. And we know that fire is judgment in the Scriptures, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been doing builds... If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. So this idea is that there are going to be, at that moment in time, yes, we're standing there and we are believers and we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and we have these new bodies and we're standing before Jesus, but there's going to be this event that takes place where God is going to just, and again, I don't know what it's going to look like, but we're going to stand there giving an accounting of our lives. Were we sincere? How faithfully did we follow? I don't, I can't, I can't fill in all those blanks, 
But I do know that it speaks about it here. And so, since that is um, good works, or as 2 Corinthians 5.10 puts it, the things that is done in the body, whether good or bad, that we will receive rewards for, then maybe we should ponder a little bit and talk a little bit about what might that possibly be and what that, what, what are the things? What are the things that he's going to be looking at in our life concerning our good works? Concerning the things that we have done, whether they're good things or they're not good things. How many of you have done not good things? How many of you had wrong motives? So, I don't know what that is all going to look like. But I do know that there's possibly some things, maybe, uh, that would uh, constitute maybe good works. And we can all, we're going to have an opportunity here in a few minutes, but, you know, you just get to thinking about Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, the Great Commission, you know, about us uh, making disciples of all nations about us uh, teaching others the things that God has commanded us to teach. Maybe that's going to be there. You know, are we, are, were we the one that just uh, had the wrong idea about what, relation, what salvation and relationship with Jesus really supposed to mean? Is it just that I ask God to forgive me and I'm good and then he takes off and I just live my life until I get to the end? You know, no, there's this relationship that's there. How, what did that look like? Did I hide my light under a bushel? Maybe it will have to do with just how we lived our life as far as understanding uh, that we are dead to sin but alive unto God. Uh, maybe it has something to do with this is a good one. Ouch, this is going to hurt. Uh, controlling our tongue. Ah, who? Maybe. I don't know. In James chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, talking about that. But in the, the, the verse, first verse there, here's something that weighs on me all the time. James 3, 1. Many of you should not become teachers, my fellow brethren, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. So, you know, I had to really think about, is this really what I want to do? I understand, and I take it really seriously, that I... I understand that when I am at the judgment seat of Christ, whatever that's going to look like, uh, there's going to be, I'm going to be held to a stricter accountability with my life. How did I live my life? What were my words? And not just what were my words, but what were my words. Why was I speaking the way I spoke? What motive in my mind, as much as Logos refers to Jesus and the whole embodiment of who Jesus was, his words, I think about that. And so I repent more than you all do. Goes on to say in verse 2, he says, you know, we just stumble in a lot of ways, but man, if you can get it right, in what you say, 
That's a good thing. You're able, to, you're able to just keep your whole body in check. See, the tongue, though it's small, it can cause a lot of problems. And in verse 9 of James chapter 3, it says, With the tongue we can praise our Father, and we can curse human beings who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. Listen carefully here. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. This should not be. If you find yourself praising God and through the week cursing man, you, this is a good verse for us. Not to be condemning, but just to be as that uh, plumb line, the standard to say, oh, Father, I don't know how many times I've went, that guy's just an idiot. And it's like the Holy Spirit went, would you just say... And it's like, uh, yeah, uh, check myself. Father, yeah, Denise is going, he said that a few times. <laughs> and in verse 11 it says, let me just ask you this question. Can fresh water and salt water, water flow from the spring, same spring? We call that brackish water. Yeah, no, uh-uh. You can't have fresh and salty. You mix it together and it's just yuck. yuck. Well, salt water is yuck to my mind, but, but anyway, it says, My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Neither these. Neither can salt uh, spring produce fresh water. I like verse 13. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Well, just let him show it out of a good life by deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. And so as we are, you know, I'm, I'm not, in my mind, I don't, well, I would be foolish to even think I would know what this looks like, but in my mind, I'm not, I'm not, hey, God bless you, Merry Christmas, check, I don't know what I'm going to get for that, but that's going to be good. It, it's, it's not that, I don't even think that way. I don't even think about the things that I do in, in doing things and thinking I'm going to get something from it. I do what I do because of Jesus in me and he's nudging me to do it, right? And that's where we, we need to get. We just need to let this flow. But at the same time, there is this plumb line. There is this standard. There is this thing that God is trying to encourage us toward that, hey, yeah, you're going to be saved, but there's going to be more. Now, I don't know about you, but at Christmas time, how many of you kids want one gift? Just one. Or what about 20 what do you want? Just one? He just only wants one. You didn't speak up fast enough, Andrew. I'm sorry. And, and we're not doing this to get them. But the whole idea of this movement of God through our life is being connected to the vine that we bear much fruit. It is the Father's pleasure. It, is, it glorifies the Father when we bear much fruit. So we're not doing it to get, we're doing it to, to give. We're just allowing God to do what God wants to do. So let's, let's, let's what, what are some of the things, so I, I've just mentioned a few, I've got a few more, but just, when you think about the judgment seat of Christ, you think about that we're going to give an accounting of our lives, what are some things that come to your mind that we haven't mentioned so far? Let me just go ahead. If I'm not mistaken, I think of when Jesus was talking and he says, you know, when you 
they say, well, when did we do these things? He says, well, when you went and fed the homeless or gave the homeless something, or you visited me in jail. Everyday life, when you show compassion and love of God, you're doing those things. And then adversely, when you don't do that. You know, the Spirit of God asks you to do something, you don't do it. That's a negative. But when he asks you to do something, you do it. Because it's not us. It's, it's the Spirit of God doing it. Because on my own, I don't, I'll just hang out by myself and do what I want to do, right? Okay. Somebody else? Just stick your hand up, Tony. Yes, as you were speaking, I was writing here some things, and it reminds myself, this, this is what I wrote, it reminds myself who I am in Christ. It really does. Uh, conviction is very difficult to live with. Then again, conviction points to a needed change of heart when, when we look at the uh, judgment seat of Christ. That's important. Conviction is a great reminder that points to God's love and grace at the end of it. So although we're going to be there, we, that's how I feel in a way. I still have to remember that Jesus went to the cross for a reason. Mm, that's good. I like that. Nelda, right there. When we, or when I, um, not willing or without, sometimes without even realizing it, I'm denying Jesus by maybe keeping silence or um, maybe not sharing when I should. Okay. Well, we were talking on Friday, and Doug brought up a point when we were talking about, so what do you think you're going to be judged for? What did you have to say? <clears throat> we didn't have that much time to talk. Um, do I need to remind you about being a dad? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I'm reminding myself. Um, you know, we're held accountable for what we're given, and what we know, right? And the, and the Word tells us that. He who has this and knows this will be judged on this. Well, the Word tells me many times I have this. And am I leading them in the life of Christ? Am I leading them to a life of Christ? Am I a living example to them, to my wife and my kids? That's an additional responsibility. That's different than, you know, the 25-year-old single guy. Mm, it's an additional responsibility. Amen. Um, when the Lord puts you in a place of work, that's an additional response to the people around you who are lost. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, Denise, I know it's about respecting your husband, right? You can be judged. <laughs> and calling about him that. Lord. Calling uh, him Lord, that's right. See that? No, when I, when I uh, think about the judgment of Christ, I think about... Uh, only the things that matter um, for Christ that you do will be what lasts. Everything else will burn away. And that's what, when you stand before him, that's all that's going to be there. So you better use that as your filter as to what you're going to do. And in that burning away process, also the judgment part will be the motive of it. So it's not only just things that you do, but the motive must be right and must align to him. So it's, it's a good thing to be a reminder, reminded mm -hmm. of. Anyone else? The scripture that comes to my mind is um, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And um, you really can't do anything. Well, you can, but you shouldn't 
do something outside the spirit of God. And, and um, when he speaks to you and he says, my sheep know my voice. So when he speaks to you, you need to be obedient. And, and that's really not the easy thing to do sometimes. He asks you to do crazy things sometimes. You think to yourself, is this the Lord's, you know, telling me or is, it, or is this me, you know? Um, so um, obedience, I feel, is really important that we, when he speaks to us, and we have to have ears to hear. The Lord says we should have ears to hear, eyes to see, ears, ears to hear. So it's not by power, but my, and not by my, my, but by his spirit. Okay. I was thinking about Jesus when he was teaching the disciples to pray. Before that, he's saying, you know, if you're giving your, if you're giving your alms to men to be seen of men, there's your reward. If you're praying to be seen of men, well, there's your reward. <clears throat> Speaking of motive. I like them. Couple other things, you know. There's talking about in Jan, uh, Timothy talking about the command the rich in this world not to be self-absorbed, but to be generous. It says to be rich in good deeds and generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay for themselves treasures in heaven as a firm foundation for the age coming, so that they may take hold of. And I love this. They may take hold of the life. That is truly life. I oh, mean, I like that. Sometimes we just kind of get, kind of get. I, I don't know. It's like the enemy. So we're we're on focus. We're we're lining up, and he just wants to nudge us a little bit, just to see something different. And what we need to understand is we need to be focusing on the life that is truly life. And and I know that all of us, when we're there, we go, oh, yeah, this. It, there's. It's just this. Yes. This. This is right, and you sense it in yourself. You know, the Bible also talks about, you know, we're talking about this, and, and oh, another one, remember where it says, giving a cup, of, uh, a cup of cold water to one of these little ones Jesus is talking about, and he says it, he says, those that do that will surely not lose their reward, and somebody brought that, those that are less fortunate in, in extending yourselves. The Bible speaks a lot about crowns, you know, there's the what is it? There's talking about there's, a, there's the race that we need to run, and so we'll receive a crown. There's a good fight that we need to fight, that we need to finish the race. We need to keep the faith. And if we do, in store for us, there is this crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award us. And then to the elders, about shepherding God's flock. The, the importance of shepherding, shepherding, shepherding God's flock with integrity of heart that you would receive a crown of glory that will not fade away. James 1.12 says, talks about a standing up under perseverance and trials to receive a crown of life. And, and you know, there's something that we need to understand. It, G, in John, for 2 John 8 says... Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but to, so that you may be fully rewarded. I've said it so many times at my age in life right now, I'm kind of on the, I hate to say this, I'm, okay, I'm on the last leg of eternity, no, but just to know that why would I 
how do I want to say this? Why would I quit now? I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but for me personally, and I'm, I'm looking at life, my Christian life. I don't know how many days I have. You know, you could look at me and say, you got all kinds of days. Well, tell that the Mack truck that's going to run me over in two days. I don't know what Jesus has planned for my life, but I know what I want to do. I want to finish strong. I don't want to get... Somebody asked me the other day uh, about retiring. Denise and I have had lots of chats. He said, you know what? No matter what we do, where we are, we're always going to be who we are doing what God is wanting us to do. So I'm not going to give up on that. And I just want to encourage you. I don't really know where you are in your Christian walk, but if you think that you've walked with Jesus for 20 years and so you can skate for a little while, that's just a bad idea. Why, why would you want to do that? Here's what I know. When uh, the salt is mixed with the earth, it becomes ineffective. Man, I, we don't want to lose effectiveness for Jesus. All right, let me just... The church in Philadelphia, what did Jesus admonish them? He says, you need to hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. So there are these rewards that we are there for us. And I don't, you know, you just got to pray through this yourself as far as what is that meaning to you? Because this is not a, this is not a bait thing trying to bait you to do good. Jesus is just saying, here's the road, walk ye on it. If you'll walk on this road, I'll bless you here. And the more you walk on that road of faithfulness to me, you're just, there's just going to be more blessing. And you're going, but I'm going through a difficulty in life. Well, how do you know your difficulty in life is not a blessing? How do you know that it's not a purging, a refining in your life so that your life is more pure, so that God prunes the things out of your life that should not be there? So we just need to understand that as we go, we need to keep putting one foot in front of the other, hearts yielded to the Father. Okay, so let's talk briefly about the great white throne of judgment. So we talked about the judgment seat of Christ, and now the great white throne of judgment. Here's what I like to say about that. It is not about a trial. It is about rendering a verdict. You know, there's just a lot of people that think, hey, I just want to let you know when I get there, God's going to be there. I'm going to go, all right, so let's talk. Hey, that is not happening. You're there because you're, you're there because you have rejected Christ. And there's no negotiation. There is not you making a deal with the guy upstairs. There's not you uh, uh, justifying anything about your life because you're there because you've rejected Jesus. And that is a severe thing. And here's what we need to understand about believers. Why do I share faith with my family and others? Well, I don't want them to be there. <laughs> I don't want them to be misled. I don't want them to not know. And, and especially in the holiday season, you know, you get around unsaved family and unsaved friends, and they say all kinds of crazy things about God in the Bible that you couldn't find it if you read it backward. It's just not there. And so what are we supposed to do? I don't get up there and take my, my, my family Bible and pound them with it, but I'm going, that's interesting. Where'd you read that? Well, I heard that from my buddy at the bar. I wonder if your buddy at the bar got it from the Bible. So we need to not be bashful. And sometimes in my family setting, whenever I go to Iowa, it's crazy. Sometimes I don't 
in the context of a crowd, I don't say anything, but I'll step aside to my brother and go, hey, you said this, talk to me a little bit about that. And you already know code for that is, that's crazy talk, let me see where you're coming from. And so he, it, you know, and just so different family members, it's, a, you know, there's no point in one against 20. Let's use some one on, two on one, me and the Holy Ghost against my brother. You know, so it's important for us to know these things so that we can share these things because the last thing you want is those that you know and love and those that you even don't know and love to be in a place like that. And so contrary to public opinion, they're not going to stand there saying this was my truth because there's just one truth and we know that that is from Jesus. Matthew chapter 16 Verse 7 says that the Son of Man, what's going to happen in this last day, Son of Man is going to come in His glory with His angels, and He will reward each person according to what they have done. And Keith mentioned it, saying on that day, uh, Lord, Lord, we did this, we did that. And he's going, whoa, wait, back up the bus. I, I, didn't, I never knew you. I think that it's important to share. In Revelation chapter 20, where where this is taking place in the future. Uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, it's after the judgment of Satan. It says this in verse 11. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown in the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. Verse 15, anyone's name who was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Exodus chapter 32 speaks of a book where God is speaking to Moses and he says, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. In Psalm 68, 20, uh, 69, 28, it says, talking about those, the psalmist talking about those who are against God and his people may they be blotted out of the book of life and not listed with the righteous. So what this is going to look like, and there's, people can say a lot of things about it, I don't know, I don't care. I just know at the end of life, there's, God is going to go, how many books there are, if books is two, that's plural. Maybe there's three. I don't know. But books are going to be opened. And the most important book is the book of life. And if we receive Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, our name is written in the book not to be blotted out. That is good news. You know what? I want that for my family. I want that for when I go to eat this afternoon, wherever I go to pick up our food, I want that for whoever gives it to me. I want them to find what I found. I want them to know what I know. I want them to feel what I feel. So this whole thing that I've been talking about, prophecy and in times, it's not so that we win. We know we win. It's so that we know we have confidence in the God who has delivered us will deliver others just like he said he would us. Let me kind of... Let me just jump over a bunch of stuff. Uh, 
Let me just kind of close with this thought. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need uh, to have anyone write, write to you. For you yourselves know fully and are aware of the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When people are saying peace and safety, then come a sudden destruction upon them as labor pains that come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness, so let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of salvation for hope. Verse 9, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, I love this. It's out of the Passion Translation. It says this, So now, beloved ones, stand firm, stable, and enduring. Live your lives with unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Isn't that good? Stand steadfast, unshakable, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is this verse, and I, I, just, I just love how it's said because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. So again, looking over this end times and prophecy and all the teaching that are out there by good men that seem contradictory, there's one who knows it, and that's Jesus. So what are we going to fight about? What are we going to stand our ground with? In the end, God knows us, God sees us, God loves us, God's going to rescue us. How that all plays out is going to play out in a lot of different ways. So we may not know the day or hour when he's come, but we need to, the scriptures tell us, to be ready. We need to be ready. So Father, we are just, for me personally, I, I, I don't like it when you challenge my life. Just from the flesh perspective, I don't really like that. But I do. Because I know every time you're pushing me in a particular way or you're reprimanding me in a different way or like Tony said, that conviction that comes my way is so that I will move my life to this place where you want it and that is a, it's a place of blessing because I'm in you. So Father, just encourage our hearts this morning towards you. Encourage our hearts in ways that only you can. Uh, You have so much for us, and we have so much to look forward to. Help us be cognizant of that in our lives, and help us carry that message to others to bring hope that is only found in you. In Jesus' name, amen.